Transmission incoming. Transmission incoming. Welcome to the Potomac Picture Show. Let's do it. Episode 0077, Year of the Goat. That's the title of this episode. Welcome to the Potable Picture Show, your podcast dedicated to motion pictures and drinking liquors. On this episode, we're going to get Return of the Heathen just in time for pagan Christmas time. Also, we'll be drinking some sake. And we'll be talking about that old feller Krampus down in feature presentation. <laughs> Let's head into the cantina and get to these shows started. We're going to start off the show with a baby slap, because Ethan can't keep it together. If you're new to the show, drink a beverage along with us. I'm drinking uh, Twisted Pretzel Wheat from Shock Top. I don't always like flavored beers, but when I do, I like Twisted Pretzel. It's pretty gross. Mm -mm. Yeah. No, it's all right. It tastes like salted caramel. No, it's pretty gross. (laughs) It tastes like salted caramel. Uh, I'm drinking my delicious... Del Taco iced tea. I am too. I mean my own. Uh, so anyway, as you can hear, heard, even though she hasn't been introduced, she's just trampling rife all over this episode. She is rocketing her personality everywhere. She is hurtling through the red light <laughs> directly into the microphone. She is the head organizer of the Sierra Nevada Movie Club. She has finally joined the club to go see a movie. She has joined the podcast to talk about said movie. Next week, she will be hosting a movie for the Sierra Nevada Movie Club. Can you imagine all of those things that she does? I barely can. Her name is Heathen. (laughs) Hello. You want to tell people what you've been doing while you've been shirking your duties? I've been working. I've been being responsible-ish. Hmm. Well, if you're going to do anything with your duty, you might as well shirk it. Uh, anything you want to talk about that's happened to you over the last three weeks that's been exciting movie-wise or drinking-wise? I've been watching a lot of Christmas movies that have been making me very happy. Any any notables recently in the last since you started? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's been a lot. I watched one with uh, Kevin Molly... Sobro. Molly Hatchet? No, the Molly country, Shannon? Southern, Southern rock band? I would love to see... Uh, Actually, Kevin Sorbo was in a short in a Christmas movie before my Christmas movie, so that was kind of cool. I want to see Molly Hatchet Presents Christmas Time. 
We watched the Bill Murray's Christmas thing today. Mm-hmm. So I watched three Christmas movies. A very today Murray already. Christmas. Netflix is crazy. <laughs> They're just taking over more and more. More. They're doing the Marvel shows. They're getting nominated for awards. They're trying to get nominated for Oscars. They're presenting Christmas specials now. What's wrong with that? I'm saying they're crazy. Oh they're, my goodness! That's just that's a lot of stuff. What will they go, think of next? Going on. Um, I think I don't know what they'll think of next. They'll probably uh, Netflix on the moon. I did like my friend. Uh, he posted something on Facebook, and he said, Wow, Netflix, you're recommending Bob's Burgers because I watched Children of the Corn. And then later he posted, Oh, and they also recommended Mulan. <laughs> kind of unusual. Uh, it's one thing that really sucks about sharing your Netflix account is uh, mine isn't as bad as like if, if you have like a four-year-old kid in the house because then you get all kinds of shit. But I get lots of shit that's recommended to me um, that I wish wasn't recommended to me. Yeah. Because I have good taste in viewing. Yes. And no one else does that watches Netflix. Hmm. I don't need a bunch of Christmas movies recommended to me. I do. Made for TV, Lifetime. I do. Mother May Play with Santa. Mm, That might be a fun fun (sighs) one. (laughs) All right. Do you want to know what happened on this day in film history? Well, here you go. Red film history. There's actually... Nothing that happened today? No, there were so many things that it's hard to choose just one. Avatar came out on this day in film history. The first Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings, came out on this day in film history. Uh, (laughs) Richard Pryor was born today in film history. But you know what film was released? December 10th, 1978. Can you imagine? Princess Bride. You think that movie came out in 1978? <laughs> no, it's just... <laughs> Starring Christopher Reeves with legs. Superman. Yes, the original first Superman, which is sort of an underrated... He still had legs. I said when he's with legs. He still had legs when he was paralyzed. Well... <laughs> Couldn't pull off those flying scenes as well. They had to like put the. I just uh, think you're funny. Put the port the boards down his back. Christopher Reeve with legs because he didn't have any. His his <laughs> career doesn't have legs anymore. That's for sure. He's dead. Well, his yeah. <laughs> They're not going to put him in Weekend at Bernie's three. Weekend at Dead Superman's four. All right, so that that was today in film history. Thank you. The fir- I was going to say the first Superman is an underrated superhero movie uh, for its time. It was directed You're quite well. You're an underrated superhero. I am an underrated superhero. Lukewarm. I, I do good deeds every day. <laughs> I don't ask for much in return. Really? I, uh, I, I'm i very non-vocal about the things that I do, my small helpings. As a matter of fact, I don't even like to be recognized for my helpings like a true hero. <laughs> I need to keep my... It's because you don't do anything. I need to keep my identity uh, somewhat... See, uh, then, uh, then otherwise enemies will come after me and my family. So they'll be like, I saw you share half your sandwich at work today. Uh, that's not good. That's not good. I have to kill your whole the, family uh, now. The Fox News, yeah, the Fox News people come after me thinking I'm starting socialism in the lunchroom. I learned that from Trumbo, a movie you did not see. 
to you, asshole. Hmm. Oh, yeah. What movie would Heather like to go see today? Since Drake. I'm hosting. You know the rules. Um, as you may hear, by the lack of excitement, Beer Maker Matt is not with us today. Just letting everyone know, if they weren't aware. Um, yeah, that's it. This is episode 0077. We're getting up there in the years. The numbers. This is the year you were born. This is the year that I will die. All right. Um, so, are you ready to do... Oh, you know what I never loaded? Oh. I never loaded your news sound back up. That's fantastic. So, um, talk about some You were bullsh- really trying to get rid of me, weren't you? Uh, talk well. I didn't know when you were coming back. Talk about some bullshit while I find your news. Let's talk about some bullshit. You're really bad. We have the Santa crawl, the Santa crawl tomorrow. That's that true. should be fun. That should be fun. But I'm not really sure if I'm gonna go as my Santa outfit or if I'm going to go as a reindeer. We will uh, have to update how our Santa crawl went. That was something we could have drank to. I hope you can think of something to drink to now later when we get to that part. But for now, Heathens. It's a throwback. You're a throwback. Don't call it a throwback. If you catch this one, throw it back. Don't I'm call it a wombat. Ladies, throw it back. No one ever throws this back. Once you go McRae, you never go gay. <laughs> okay. Once you go blarve, you never starve. For dick. All right. Let's go, heathen. We got time. We're on a time limit right now. I'm very tired. So am I. Melissa Rivers is going to play her mother in the movie Joy. Horrible. What? I'm really excited to see this movie. There's a bunch of actors in it. There's a bunch of actors in a movie? That's weird. (laughs) Usually. There's a bunch of really good actors. Oh, Melissa uh, Melissa Rivers counts as a really good actor? No. What's the one chick? I can't remember what her name is. Um, Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah. Bradley Cooper? Yes. Uh, the other guy you like, Robert De Niro? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All those people. <laughs> and, oh, Robert De Niro was... Or, or, he was in a Christmas movie that I watched, too. So this is weird about... Oh, I'll finish your story about Joy. They're opening... It's opening up on Christmas Day. So I would like to go and see that, by the way. You know what way. else opens on Christmas Day? The Revenant. I don't really care. You know what else opens on Christmas Day? What? The Hateful Eight. Yay. I think I would like to go and see this movie on Christmas Day. I'll have to go with my boyfriend. Was that is that was it at the end of your news story regarding Joy that, that Melissa Rivers is playing her mom? Yeah, because she kind of she looks like her. Yeah, she's pretty annoying. <laughs> so so <laughs> it's interesting i actually want to see joy too and i think it's going to be a good movie it's not it did not make my top five list for did December. joy one already come out um anyway i'm just kidding it's it's a it's a rematch of uh american hustle basically actors and directors it's david o. Russell, david russell david o. russell i believe again um so again i think it'll be good just from looking at the preview, I'm just like, eh, you know, I, I've said on the podcast before, I think Jennifer Lawrence is overrated, but I think she's good. 
I think Bradley Cooper's overrated too, but I think I he's I love it that she's very well clumsy. Yeah, I like how she came out and had to say that it's not like a a stick. It's not like a a joke that she keeps falling down because she just fell down again. I think you told yeah. me like at the Kids Choice Awards or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's very clumsy. She's also a Leo, and she's also Katniss. Anyway, <laughs> you don't know nothing about Hunger Games. No. Final Hunger Games two Catching Fire came out. Nope. Yes, yeah, I know, and I don't know anything about the Hunger Games. It's about a cat that has a bow and arrow, and she's hungry, and she goes hunting for food. And then Philip Seymour Hoffman dies, and then Elizabeth Banks has crazy hair. And then Woody Harrelson, Harrelson does not smoke pot during uh, on-screen performance. At the end? He does. You find out they're all trapped in a snow globe. Next news. Okay. Uh, starting today, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can order alcohol and have it delivered directly to your home within an hour Heathen. if you live in New York City or Seattle. Is that really starting today or is that an old news story? Um, according to the article, it started today. I'm pretty sure that that started a while ago. <laughs> okay. But that's a good that's a good advertisement to let them know, like limited time only. It's a Christmas special. You know what's stupid about McDonald's all day breakfast now? I went there. It's a limited menu. I went there, and I don't give a shit about that. I went there at ten o'clock and ordered regular food, and they're like, "We're still serving breakfast." It's like, "Oh, snooty little assholes, you serve breakfast all day long now, and now I can't get regular food when I want." And they don't really hold. I that. thought they had to serve regular food after ten. Well, I was there at like exactly at 10. I probably should. I, I was about to say, when do you start serving your your value dollar menu? Because I don't want to spend $9 for a sausage sandwich plus hash brown plus orange juice. Although it was very good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can complain then if it was delicious. Well. And we shouldn't be eating at McDonald's I'd anyway. I'd rather be eating less delicious food for more than half the price i can get a mcdouble for a dollar and like pocket change two of them dirty dancing is going to be made into a tv movie i, I mean saw a that. tv series oh a tv series i thought it was just gonna be like uh, one of those live movies like they've been doing on nbc i thought like, it was gonna be a tv like show. the whiz and peter pan I don't know. I have kind of mixed feelings about it because they really should leave that that movie alone. I don't think it's going to be a good movie if it's ever remade because that's like one of the movies that I could probably watch 700 times and never get sick of it because I love all the music in it and the dancing. No one goes duty in the corner. Abigail uh, Breslin is going to play Baby and they don't know who's going to play Patrick Swayze yet. But they're looking at Justin Timberlake and Zac Efron, but none of those. Justin Timberlake, maybe he can do everything. Yeah, he's except for amazing. be in a movie that does well. Um, well, we're gonna try TV because he does well in TV. You know, as I've said before, they're just gonna start doing the holograms of people soon because they have. Uh, what did I read recently? Actually, recently means like a month ago. Um, that. Uh, like D, they're gonna do a hologram of Dean Martin in Las Las Vegas. He's gonna do a, a concert or some something, hmm. you know, with all the holograms. Not Jim and the holograms, but like Tupac and the holograms. 
He's not Tupac anymore. He's one Pac. Moonwalking Michael Jackson. They have they had a several Michael Jackson action, action figures. They had uh, moonwalking Michael Jackson, molesting Michael Jackson, and uh, I think that was it. And then they discontinued the line after the second one. Because that was. Did all. you only have two news stories? There was three. Oh, that's right. Uh, God. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm so happy to be doing this podcast with you. You make such good company. You're In fact, you were talking about how good company you make today. I do make I make <laughs> I make wonderful conversation <laughs> is what I was saying today. <laughs> Some weather we're having today. It looks like we might have a bit of rain. That's good conversation. Okay. Well, you're not good company. Did you see that it's Christmas time soon this year? Did you see? Did you notice the lights? It's not very open-ended questions, and it's not really a good conversationalist. So where do you come from? Mm-hmm. And what part of Minnesota is that? I was talking about this the other day. How about them cowboys? When people used to ask, when I would say I lived in China, people were like, what part of China? I'm like, really? Do you fuck? I mean, a couple people, some supple people, some people know, but I would say 85% of the people would, you know, if I Don't said, know where. if I said, oh, I lived in Wuhan, they'd be like, eh. I have no idea what that means. It should be beautiful this time of year, all that snow. <laughs> Did they have Chinese there? Uh, that's never been asked me, but I think they've asked... Well, a lot of people think I lived in Japan, too. They're like, did you like being pushed into those big subways with the broom people and the molesters? I was like, no, that's Japan. Anyway. Anyway, heathen, should we um, jump in to Cocktail Corner after that quite... Lack- oh, did you know that there's still a you secret... You were really going to knock my news? No, there's still... <laughs> There's still, yes, you were. There's still, yes, you were. There's still a secret word going on. Uh, beer maker Matt has uh, was has been close for a while, and now he's just getting further and further away. Um, How close was he? He was so close <laughs> that his beard tickled my biscuits. Now, what I wanted to say is uh, there is still a secret word in play. And um, I kind of was asking, like, uh, what you, words were he was he using? I don't know. Go back and listen to the podcast. Y- you may feel this feeling about coming back on the podcast this week, as you just mentioned. All right, now we're going into cocktail. Nauseated. Corner. I see America. Drink. Dead people. The fabulous cocktails I make. America's getting stinking on something I stir or shake. Tipsy. So, uh, this week we're going to talk a little bit about sake. Now, here's something that's that's uh, you may not know, heathen. If you go to Japan and order sake, you may be met with a questioning look. Why is that? You may ask. Why is that? <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you asked that, heathen, because in Japanese, sake refers to all alcoholic drinks in general. Sort of like, uh, yeah, they do the same thing in in China. So it would be like you going to the bar and asking for alcohol. Yeah, so this uh, the word sake, uh, it means uh, beer, wine, liquor, um, including the the word we think of as as, uh, sake. In China, what I was thinking of is uh, in English, when when Chinese are speaking English, they will often call all alcohol wine. Sometimes, 
you know, everything is wine. Anyway, if you would like to drink what we refer to uh, as sake in Japanese, the word is nihonshu. Nihonshu translates as Japanese alcohol. So that's the difference. There's all alcohol, which is sake, and then there's Japanese alcohol, which is nihonshu. So we learned a little bit about sake. Remember Jackie? Uh, when we went to Oregon. And um, we learned a few things, and we didn't share that on the podcast yet. So I'm going to keep this short, because if you want to learn a lot about sake, you're going to have to take a master class. But I'm going to take you from a level zero novice. I'm not talking to you, heathen, because you already know a lot about sake. I'm talking to the <laughs> listeners at home. I'm taking them from a zero level novice to like a level 1.5 knowledge. At least they won't be idiots drinking warm sake. They can they can show off their sake knowledge next time they go have sushi with their friends or maybe a cute girl in their office. So there's two things I'm really well. There's three things, but there's two things I'm I'm mostly going to talk about today. Uh, there's 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 a lot of things that can go into to sake and change it. Um, one of the first main things uh, in the process of making sake is the polishing of the rice. So prior because uh, sake is a is a uh, fermented rice beverage, as most people know. So prior to the actual sake making price process, the rice uh, has to be polished or milled. Uh, this removes the outer layer of each grain. Um, exposing the starchy core to produce good sake you need to polish more uh, quite quite a bit Um, for most good sake the kernel is polished somewhere between 50 to 70 percent this will change the quality of the sake and also um, the taste Um, junmai is the Japanese word meaning pure rice this is an important word in the world of sake it separates the pure sake uh, from the non-pure sake. Junmai is brewed using only rice, water, yeast, and koji, uh, which is a kind of starter, I believe, koji or a, or a bacteria, I think they told us when we were on the tour. There are no other additives such as sugar or alcohol, so it's just those things. Uh, one good thing about that, from what I've read, is if you drink pure sake, that it's much harder for you to get a hangover because there's none of that residual sugars and stuff that you get in a lot of alcohol. It's still possible to get a, a hangover because hangovers are caused by dehydration, and all alcohol will, will provide dehydration. Um, so those are the two main things I was really going to talk about. I'm not going to go into too much knowledge. Um, there's a lot of ways you can factor sake, including the type of rice used, where it was produced, the degree to which the rice had been polished or milled had, uh, that I just mentioned, the brewing process, how it was filtered. There's cloudy sakis. There's things like that, and much more. Third thing I'm going to talk about is there's something called the SMV, the Saki meter value. This ranges from plus 15, which is very dry, to negative 15, which is very sweet. Mm. And you will notice a big difference, say, between like a plus 2 and a negative 2. Once you start getting into like the negative 4s, you're going to 
get a much sweeter sake, which a lot of people like, uh, uh, girls that like, or I shouldn't say girls, but people that like to drink some, certain wines like Moscatos and stuff like that, they might like to drink something more in the um, negative five range or more. I can't imagine what a negative 15 would be like. Bubblegum? I think we had like a negative five or six or seven and, and it, it was tasted really sweet it was it was okay but that's about like as far candy. as i could go it was like a like maybe like a mm, i'm trying to think like a i don't know just you know something sweet so what we have in front of us i believe is a plus seven mm-hmm. so it this to me is just about perfect i don't can't imagine how much drier a number uh, plus 15 would be uh we did finish off we bought two bottles of sake when we went sake tasting in Oregon. We got the one that was produced in Oregon, and I drank that in my hotel room. And uh, and then this one is produced in Japan. Let me see if I can read anything on this bottle. Probably not because it's dark. Oh, wait. I've got a flashlight here. Oh, wait. But there's more. Stop the presses. That being said, that's what I was trying to think of the other day. What the fuck? Heathen? This is a kid show. Uh, this sake, uh, yeah, it is a plus seven. There's also something they do rate called acidity that goes, I think, between negative uh, two and plus two or something like that. I'm not going to go into that. One thing we did learn or talk about um, when we went sake tasting is that generally shitty sake is the sake that's going to be served warm and they heat it up to uh, disguise that kind of weedy sh- shitty taste the 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 rice probably wasn't milled as much so it's going to have more of like a brown rice flavor where if you get more quality sake which i was surprised because i've only had shitty sake it tastes a lot more like like wine or something it wasn't what i expected it didn't have that wheat flavor um that being said again i gotta stop saying that because i hate that phrase uh i think because i drank shitty sake for so long that i still like it but it was a whole world of difference drinking good quality sake I talked about the polishing and milling. This one we're going to drink is 65%. So that, so that means it's uh, been 65% milled. 35% of the original kernel is left. There was an $80 bottle that I wanted to get. This um, is from the uh, Niigata pre- uh, Prefecture in Japan. I don't know anything or much about the districts in Japan. But anyway, we're going to pour some sake on here and uh, have a little tasty of this. Barely any of this is drink. We had a plan to drink sake and go see Good Dinosaur for uh, Thanksgiving. I think we even mentioned that on the podcast. And we did not see Good Dinosaur at all. And we did drink a little bit of sake. Oh! Sorry. I still would like to see the Good Dinosaur. Is there anything you'd like to toast to, Heathen? Well, the... Santa crawl is coming up. You already talked about that. You can't toast to that one. Um, we have our ugly sweater coming up. Come on. And we're going to be putting up Christmas lights soon. What do you want to toast to? Uh, everything Christmas? Those are all your things. I would like to toast to... Okay, never mind. I found something. I was just going to say that I will be in a training class next week, so I'll have an early shift all next week. I will be in a training bra next week. And I don't have to work any Fridays now 
till the end of the new year. So I would like to toast to that. Yeah, those are much better things. So, um, I believe he told us, Saki, you can keep chilled for about a year. I don't know how long you can keep it open. We've had this open since Thanksgiving. Tastes fine to me, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I can taste the Japanese in it. Whatever. All right. Let's head into feature presentation. Let's do that. It's this about- was a fantastic movie. I'm really excited. So this week, with the movie group, also in conjunction with the new Horror Society of Reno, that's a whole nother bag of marbles if you want to talk about that issue, uh, we saw together, collectively, combined, combining our powers into one Voltron supergroup, the movie Krampus. Krampus came in at uh, 98 minutes runtime. Here is a brief synopsis in case you are not aware. A family suffering from a lack of Christmas spirit inadvertently summons the spirit of an ancient folklore character, Krampus, who wrecks havoc, or perhaps he wreaks havoc, on the holiday. Adam Scott, Tony Collette, and MJ Anthony. Why don't they list... uh... Do you need me to stop the podcast? I'm just kidding. Uh, They didn't list uh, David Cochner. Uh, MJ Anthony star in this black comedy horror film from director Michael Doherty. All right, Heathen, I'm going to talk a little bit about Krampus. Jump in at any time. I had a lot of notes leaving the movie, but I also had drank a lot of rum before and during and after the movie, so I don't remember uh, the notes. What, what I've tried to do a little bit when I leave a movie is tell some people my ideas about the movie, so it'll help me remember it. But I never want to talk too much because I want to save it for the podcast. I don't want it to get stale. Like an old piece of baguette. Mm-hmm. So um, here's a couple notes I have. Uh, so Michael Doherty, uh, he's the guy that directed the Halloween movie Trick or Treat. He describes the Krampus in this film as Santa Claus's shadow. He's not the unstoppable monster that kicks down your door and rampages and grabs you. There's something darkly playful about him. He's having a good time doing what he does, and he enjoys the cat-and-mouse aspect of it. Also, Michael Doherty says about this film, uh, this Christmas film, that it is both scary as well as sentimental. Um, He compares it to something like A Christmas Carol and It's a Wonderful Life. He says that these are like uh, nightmares uh, brought to life that show you these broken characters who experience the darker side of divine intervention. And they, um, so to speak, scare their lead character straight, you know. That's really my only notes on the film. I was going to talk a little bit about Krampus if people aren't aware. Krampus has been all around our pop culture for a while now. They talk about Krampus in the American version of The Office. They've talked about Krampus on American Dad. They've talked about Krampus on uh, the show Grimm. Uh, he, show, he shows up everywhere nowadays. Um, 
He is uh, traditionally a horned uh, uh, anthropomorphic figure uh, who comes during the Christmas season. And unlike uh, St. Nicholas, who rewards the good kids, Krampus punishes the bad kids. Um, Not really sure exactly where he came from, but probably somewhere around the German-speaking regions of Europe, around Austria, somewhere like that. Uh, There is a lot of folklore in that uh, region that have a number of companions of St. Nicholas besides Krampus, just basically bad dudes that went around and and punished kids. As I said, the origin of the figure is unclear. Um, It probably predates Christian time into uh, pagan um, mythos. There, even to this day, there's traditional parades. There's uh, events such as uh, Krampenslof, which uh, means Krampus Run, where a bunch of adolescent males that are like high school age, they do like a run through town dressed as Krampuses. Although the Krampus appears in many variations, most share some common physical characteristics. We saw most of these in the movie. He's usually hairy, uh, usually brown or black. He has cloven hooves like a goat and horns of a goat. He has a long pointed tongue that lolls out. I think we saw that a little mm-hmm. bit in the movie, at least towards the end, when we saw the Krampus's face. Krampus carries chains. Uh, these are thought to symbolize something like the binding of a demon or a devil. Um, he thrashes the chains for dramatic effect. The chains are sometimes accompanied with bells of various sizes. Well, of you know, one of the earlier origins, he would carry something called the rutin. Carry. Rutin? I was just making fun of the way you said carry. Um, <clears throat> the uh, rutin were uh, birch branches that uh, sometimes in different versions of Krampus were replaced with a whip. Of course, he used these branches or whips to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. whip kids. Sometimes Krampus appears with a sack or a wash tub strapped to his back. This is a vehicle that's a means to cart off evil children for drowning or eating or to transport to hell. I believe Krampus also threw kids in volcanoes. So that's uh, that's all I have to really say about the movie and Krampus. So now we can just jump in. So let's try to avoid the ending spoilers, but we can talk about uh, anything else during the movie, including spoilers. So Heathen, you did miss the beginning of the film, which was more of a, mostly a, just a prologue. You didn't miss too much of the story. It was while they were showing the credits, they were just showing like the the darker side of humanity during the holiday times. They showed um, that like if if you go onto YouTube and you Google uh, like Black Friday shopping and you see like people fighting in the stores for stuff. Mm-hmm. So you saw <clears throat> so you saw a lot a lot of that in the prologue. Uh, people fighting over worthless shit that no one cares about, like a ten dollar toaster. Who who gives a fuck? Or a vegetable um, steamer for a five-year-old. You also saw things like the the darker side of perfection. You saw parents um, pushing their screaming, scared-to-death little kids on a Santa Claus's lap and trying to coach them into having these big smiles and looking happy, and they're just, like, terrified and don't want to be there. Um, what else did we see in that prologue? Something that went along with the story that you missed is the hero kid or the main kid in the movie they were doing like a nativity play and he still believed in Santa Claus. And one of the kids said like Santa isn't real. So they got in a fist fight and the, the son came home from school with like a black eye. And that's kind of where you walked in where um, Adam Scott, the, the main dad in the movie, he's just not really having 
you know, it's one of these things that we see a lot. I, I, I like this movie because, sure, it showed sort of a more pessimistic side of Christmas in a way, although it did have some good points and it, and it turned that around. But I thought it was more more realistic and something more I could relate to as opposed to these um, overly optimistic uh, Christmas movies where people break out into song and, like, <clears throat> orphans all of a sudden are getting adopted. Like, you know, everything's not so rosy. So we see, you know, Adam Scott doesn't really want his family coming to town and his kid just got kicked out of school and the mom is trying her hardest to put to put together this big Christmas feast that everyone is just, um, the whole family's talking shit about. And would rather have macaroni, cheese, and hot dogs. Y- yeah. And uh, I like, <laughs> I like uh, when I think uh, Tony Collette, she plays the mom, um, she says something. I don't know what she says, but but David Cockner comments on the food. I uh, said, "Well, it's it's a it's a little dry." And Adam Scott says, "Oh no, honey, the food's really good." And uh, David Cockner says, "Well, I wish I would have had what you were eating," kind of thing. And like later on, you see this in the preview where David Cockner's looking in the refrigerator for food, and he's like, "You know, I'm I'm hungry." And Tony Collette says, "Well, there's uh, plenty of leftovers," and he says, "Well, beer it is." Yeah. Uh, I thought that was all all all. Uh, kind of entertaining i liked i liked the characters um tony collette it's been a while since i've seen her in something i it made me remember how much i liked her in six Sense as the mom in six Sense, she was really good in that and she was pretty good in this i i wonder why she doesn't i don't see her in more roles um a good part for Adam Scott, he's a guy that i like in real life i don't usually like him in most shows because he basically plays the same character and shows that he is in real life, which is just kind of a a dirt uh, a nerdy kind of I don't know not not I don't know. Um, but I, I liked him. I liked him in this part as well. David Cockner is always good in everything. Uh, we saw the pregnant uh, police officer from season one of Fargo was in this movie. We saw, I believe, which you were like saying pretty loudly in the theater. I didn't I'm say like, it that I know. loudly. And say it loud. I bet no, I bet no one heard me except for you. And we saw uh, the lady. I believe she played like the maid or the nanny in Two and a Half Men. Don't ask me why I know that because that's one of the worst TV shows of all time. But she played the the aunt or something like that. Uh, I didn't know who most of the kids were um, or, or anything else about that. So anyway, the story goes. We've got all these people coming to, I don't know, did you catch what state or city or wherever that was? Somewhere in the suburbs. Probably like up, up like Vermont or New York or somewhere that gets big snowstorms. But but further out from main roads. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have all of these family come to uh, Adam Scott's house. And then a snowstorm. Well, first, actually, uh, the little kid... He uh, he writes a letter to Santa. We don't find out what it is at the time. And then he decides he's gotten shit from his classmates about believing in Santa. He's gotten shit from his cousins, his girl cousins, that um, that uh, the dad wants to be boys. As a matter of fact, I really thought one of them was a boy until, until the kid pointed out like that your dad really wanted boys. Um so he writes a letter to Santa, and then at the last minute, he's like, fuck it, you know, holidays suck. And he rips it up, and he throws it out the window. And that's when the magic happens. Like wishing on a fallen star, or wishing on a 
to be big at the carnival. Then the big snowstorm comes in, and that's when we get the arrival of Krampus and company. And the snowstorm um, somewhat, I wouldn't say necessarily keeps them totally housebound, but they're uh, separated from all of their neighbors because uh, everyone's out of town. They've gone to Florida or the Bahamas or Hawaii or something like that. And um, they, like I said, they live enough in the suburbs where I don't think they really know what's going on on the main highways. And also the storm is big enough where they can't see a whole lot. So they can get out and walk around. And if they have a big like SUV, then they can drive. But that's about it. So... What else, Ethan? What happens? Um, the daughter says she's going to go and check on her boyfriend because the power's out. So I thought it was interesting. So here we're getting into spoilers. That's fine. We're just not going to give away the ending. You pretty much just gave the whole beginning. Yeah, I know. I said, I said so we're going to get some gonna... spoilers now. We're just not going to give away the ending. Um, it's interesting. In a lot of horror movies... And to me, this wasn't quite a horror movie. Actually, to me, a lot of horror movies are horror movies. It was pretty movies. scary. There was like six-year-old kids in the theater. Whatever. Um, and it was PG-13, so they shouldn't have been there. Well, they were with an adult. Um, to me, this was dark fantasy, a little bit of... I shouldn't have been there. A little bit of action. Um, and I'm not, not going to listen to you again. Not too scary at all. But what I was going to say is, if we are going in the horror aspect, one of the ingredients in a lot of horror movies is that the wicked or the sin to get punished first. And I thought it was interesting that the daughter was the first one to really get taken. And basically, uh, we didn't see a lot she of her after really. that, after the movie. Well, that and, was what was confusing to me is that Krampus punishes bad kids. So I, that's what kept going through my mind was... Okay, so his family should be okay because they weren't really the assholes. It was the the other family that came into the home, the kids, you well, know? Well, Krampus, uh, well, from what I read, punishes bad kids, but there is a uh, grandma in the film who, who uh, speaks German, and she talks about when she was a little girl that Krampus comes and takes her whole family away. That wasn't away. until, like, oh, anyway, almost the talking very about, end. I'm talking about... That the family wasn't safe because grandma says Krampus came and took everyone in her family mm-hmm. and left her, only left her as um, uh, more of a, a scare tactic to tell other people because there are, because the scare, you know, the people have done this in military history for, for thousands of years as you go into a village and you don't kill everyone. You kill like everyone but one person, so that one person can go and tell everyone else. I believe this happened like in the um, like the Greek times with some of the big armies, as they would leave survivors, so that the notoriety of this army would would get spread around, and then the army wouldn't even have to go to war. Sometimes they'd be like, "Fuck those guys." But anyway, I didn't know what the daughter had done so bad. She seemed like she was trying to keep her brother out of trouble. Um, at dinner, you know. That's what I'm trying to say. It didn't make any sense to me going off of what I believed he was and what was going on in the movie. Because Grandma didn't tell you anything like that until way on into the movie. So it was very confusing to me in the beginning. Yeah, and it was interesting because a lot of it was based on this kid's wish. And what he wished from his sister was that she just had more time for him. 
the way it used to be. And that's not such a bad thing, like not having time for your little brother. I mean, she still had time, just not as much. He wished for his parents to like each other still. He wished for his uh, his aunt, aunt and uncle. uncle to have uh, easier time in life and to accept that uh, he has daughters instead of boys. And I don't really remember what else. But he, he really just wished for like a closer family in general. It's not such a bad thing to wish for for Christmas. No, but when you rip it up. <laughs> so Krampus comes and he's like, I'm going to make you close by... Uh, you know, having to rely on each other in this house and, uh, you know, have to, because the, just like, um, you know, uh, so certain hunting animals, they'll try to weed off. Uh, it's, it's easier to hunt the uh, ones that stray than, you know, a unified front. So yep. Krampus was forcing the family to, to, to unify and helped a little bit. Like when David Cockner and uh, Adam Scott went out looking for the daughter David Cockner, who was the uh, more of the manly guy, he's the one that had all the loaded guns and the SUV and all the camo and everything. He almost got taken away by some sort of Krampus worm, and uh, and we found out that Adam Scott, the Eagle Scout, too bad beer maker Matt's not here to talk about the virtues of the Scouts. Um, we find out he's quite handy with a lot of things, including a firearm. What I would have liked to have seen, because they did make a point early on in the dinner um, that David Cockner makes fun of Adam Scott for being a... Oh, he, he said, asked him if he played any sports in high school, and Adam Scott says, well, I was too, I was too busy training. And he's like, well, what were you training to do? He's like, well, I was an Eagle Scout, and that's supposed to be the joke. And what I wanted to see because of that was more of like some more survival stuff, some more almost like Home Alone kind of things, like setting up ropes and tripwires and... I don't know, like just weird booby traps. But all we really found that he could do was he, he could shoot a gun pretty well, which I don't think, I don't know how much you, you shoot guns in the Eagle Scouts. And did he did he show anything else, like any other survival things? He seemed um, to be take charge, kind of, yeah. which, but I don't know. There was one part that I thought was pretty funny when the gingerbread man came after the the manly dad. Mm-hmm. With the nail gun. Oh, yeah. And he got shot all up at, all up the leg. Yeah. And then they were trying to go after his head. And they ran out, oh, of, yeah. they ran out of ammo. And the the dad let the gingerbread man on fire. And he was com- the gingerbread man was coming after the dad. And the dog jumped up and ate him. Yeah. That was pretty funny. That was a good one. Um, this was a movie I could see again. I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I enjoyed it because of the movie or because of the rum or both. Someone asked me, they're like, did you, how did you like it? And I was like, I really liked it, but I drank a lot of rum. So, um, See, I didn't. I was too scared. I was pretty scared. Every time you got scared at something, I gave you rum to drink. I, but I, did, was ta- it, I didn't like it. The rum? Yeah, and I was having sips of it. It's good fucking rum. It's Brazilian. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else was I going to talk about? I, also, I guess, I don't know if that was Adam Scott or whoever, but they, like, boarded up the house. They, they sort of made a, I don't know, some sort of a unified front. Oh, they made a plan. I, he's the one, I think, that got out the city plan. It was like, we're going to make it to the school that doubles as an emergency shelter or something like that. I mean, they never made it that far. This This movie did have some problems, but, I mean, what do you expect from a... A little kid a, horror movie? A, yeah, a Gremlins Christmas a story. A little kid horror Christmas movie? Uh, let's see. Anything else notable? I, I really like the grandma in this movie. Um, Me too. I found as I've gotten... Um, Older? 
a little older, or when I got more interested in like photography and and mostly photography, that I thought because I don't like old people at all, they scare me and they freak me out. And I don't like hanging out with them, but there's certain uh, when I see photos, especially black and white photos of of like older people, especially like older people, you might see like uh, some guy that's lived in Vietnam and spent his whole life fishing. I think the faces are really interesting to look at. Uh, because of the crags and wrinkles and everything. And you just think, like, what has this person seen in Vietnam for 83 years? Like, the things they must have seen. Um, one thing I thought was interesting about this old lady in this film is her skin was actually quite smooth for an older lady. And I was thinking, she was probably pretty damn hot about 50 years ago. That's really what you were thinking? Yeah. <clears throat> I was like, I want to see what kind of pearls in that German clam. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I <I'll> so <laughs> So I liked that. Uh, it's fine to hit that baby. What else did I like about this movie? As I said, I can't remember all of my notes. Let me see if I wrote down anything else in here. Um, so I already talked about. <clears throat> I saw this as is really a dark fantasy. I, I like that. Um, even after Krampus got there, the way that they filmed the outdoor shots. It reminded me almost of something Tim Burton would do, although not quite to that surrealistic level. We talked about the dark side of um, the holidays, and there's a lot of dark sides. Uh, I, I alluded to it, I think, last week or with, with Matt that this is like the biggest time of year for suicide, so I don't really want to go to that part of the dark side. But... I want to go on the the less bad, as I said, the the the, the materialism, the shopping mall, the uh, the the families striving for perfection, the stress level. My brother absolutely goes in. I don't know how to describe the way he gets through this time of year because of money, because of trying to keep the family happy, because of again the materialism on kids and people wanting more and more, and trying to keep people happy, but also put food on the table. Um, there was, you know, I, I I think that's tough for parents or even for even regular people, even just people dating or whatever. Um, I know, like in my 20s, there would be guys, I don't think girls usually do this, but guys that would either, uh, if they weren't really sure about the girl they were dating, if they just started dating, say, for a few months and it was getting close to Christmas, they might break up before Christmas because... They weren't sure how much money to spend or if it was going to be good enough. And they didn't want to do, I wouldn't say they wouldn't want to do too much, but it's, it's you know, it can be a lot of pressure. Um, do you agree with any of that? Have you experienced any of the, either yourself or your family or just when you've seen recently any examples of this out in the world? Well, I think when I was married, the biggest stress... I was never I never really had an issue when it was just like me and my kid because I never I was just a single mom so I didn't really have a whole lot of money for Christmas anyway. I remember one time my roommate and I um she said that she had a fake Christmas tree mm-hmm. and was going to bring it over cuz we had just moved in together and she was my friend too so she wasn't just my roommate. And so I hadn't budgeted money for a Christmas tree in my Christmas presents. Yeah, and that can be expensive. Yeah, trees. And yeah. Um, I didn't get a, a permit or anything like that. Um, and it was, I, she she is kind of a flaky person, 
And it was, I want to say like a, a week and a half before Christmas and we still hadn't had a tree. And I was like, Sarah, you said you had a tree. And she's like, Sarah. oh, I totally forgot. Stop it. I totally forgot to tell you that uh, my sister or my niece or somebody um, went and grabbed it out of the storage. So we had no tree. So We it, didn't have a tree. We didn't have a tree. We had <laughs> no just, tree. I'm Whatever. Anyways. Um, so I think like the next day or the day after it had snowed really bad. And um, she thought she might be pregnant. So we went. And, that's just a side note. But it was kind of funny with the story. We went to Someone the store. Someone came down her chimney. No, we went to the store. We bought a pregnancy test. It was snowing so bad that it was like you couldn't even tell. So I just grabbed a Christmas tree out of the front of the store and just put it on top of my truck and we drove away. Someone stuffed her stocking, gave her a white Christmas. But I would say the biggest stressful part of Christmas is, to me, is dealing with other people's children, like stepkids. Yeah, I could see that. Because I started making it. Like the first Christmas, I just bought like a couple gifts for everybody because that's kind of who I am. I try not to really overdo it again because I don't try to keep up with the Joneses or whatever. But I quickly realized that my stepkid's mom like went overboard with it. So I decided that what we were going to do is instead of doing huge Christmases because I was never going to be able to compete with the the shit that she was doing, that we were just going to go skiing every Christmas day and that was it. Because it's pretty expensive for five people to go skiing. And then I didn't have to worry about, oh, did you get your Xbox? Did you get this? Did you get that? Because... Weren't you telling me... This is a little... But it reminds me of that. It's a little off off topic. But weren't you telling me one of your friends or someone you knew, they went down to like the charity Christmas. I don't know what you call it. Where they... Where they, where they, you get handouts and that they just like, they were getting things like Xboxes and stuff like that. They were like getting more Yeah, than... for each kid. It's Nick, Nikki. And it upset me. We don't have to me. name names. It upset me so bad because I could never qualify for any of that. I had one kid and because I made too much money, what? I made like $2 more an hour than somebody who qualified for like the, um, angel wish tree program my kid didn't get anything where nikki's kids were getting like each kid would get an xbox each kid would get you know skateboards each kid and and she her entire living room was filled with christmas presents and i was like this is ridiculous how about one family and you get a couple gifts maybe one yeah because by february she had sold everything you so know, that's what sucks. Anyway, that's a anyway. it's a little bit off. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I don't think anyone should have to keep up with the Joneses, as you said, but people try. I, I just think it sucks when some of the Joneses are spoiling their kids. Exactly. And especially if you're someone that doesn't have that much, and you're going to school, and you're maybe you're, I shouldn't say you're happy because it's it's you're pre, it's pretty mature for like a ten year old kid to be content with what they have. But say you get something that that is pretty cool and. Like, uh, when I was younger, it was, you know, it was back in the time when uh, kids, remember when, like, Jordans were getting, were so popular, like, kids were getting killed for their shoes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, like, you know, my I, my family didn't have a lot of money, and, you know, my brother got some, some Jordans, and that was unspeakable at that time to get, like, $100 shoes. It was just crazy. Like, no one spent that much money on shoes. Um, 
But then you go out and, you know, some of your friends or whatever you see outside and they've got like everything, you know, they've, they've got, Mm -hmm. to me, that never really bothered me that much. I think I was okay with the station I had in life. And I realized that other kids were like, and I wasn't even that jealous. Like I, I, you know, I think everyone had classmates that, uh, in high school, when they turned 16, they got like brand new $25,000 trucks or whatever for, for their birthday. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I said, there was only a few times that that stuff bothered me, and it was uh, mostly with music things. I, I had a couple of classmates that their parents had money, and they bought their kids like basically a home studio, and it would really bother me when those kids couldn't really play guitar or anything like that, and I was like, what a fucking waste to get all that shit, and then I'm, they can't even use it. I just... There's going to be a huge issue with the entitled kids nowadays. Like a perfect example is my friend Jamie. She posted like a couple days ago a you picture of this huge what? Oh no, I was going to say you don't have to keep naming names. I don't anyway. care. None of these people are going to you listen be. to it. And and everything that I'm saying is true. So they're so. more than welcome to call me and be like, "Bitch, don't say my name." Okay, whatever. Keep my she, name out of your mouth. Yeah, she posted a picture of a huge princess castle it was like a plastic one at costco and her kid i want to say is probably four Mm -hmm. five maybe and she's like impulse by hello it's a few days before christmas you idiot like way to teach her child that she can't even wait for christmas and (laughs) it's not her birthday like i understand if the kid's birthday is right around christmas or something like that but Get a fucking clue. Yeah, and and also by doing that, I think you're depriving your kid of the of not to sound cheesy, but it's true. Like the magic of Christmas, yeah. that anticipation. Mm-hmm. That to me is something that I'll probably never. I doubt I'll ever have again in my life. But that anticipation. We've already talked, Heathen. You talked about that. You literally couldn't sleep all night, even as a little kid. Mm-hmm. And I think all kids are like that. But they eventually fell asleep. But you said you'd get up at like three or four in the morning. And no, just that said, feeling when you're yeah. in fourth grade, third grade, second grade, when it's December 1st and Christmas still feels like it's like a year away. Mm-hmm. It's, it might not even be December. And you get like a day or two before Christmas and you're just like, oh, I just wish I could sleep so Christmas would be here. Yeah. If you just start giving people gifts and things like that, then then I think you're taking that away from, it, from, from them. But, you know, I think that you've... I don't know. I'm I'm weird like that. Like I'm the one when I when I get a dinner, I'll eat the shittiest food flat first. I'll eat like my peas. I'll save the steak for the very last because I want to think about how good it's going to be. And then there's other people, you know. Um, they'll say they have like the the nice garlic fries. They just eat all the garlic off the top at the first bite, and then they just have shitty fries and they have nothing left. Or people that go into the ice cream, the the marble fudge ice cream, and they mine out all the marble fudge. And just leave the vanilla. Some people just have no, they don't know how to restrain themselves so that they can, uh, it's like it's like living life through tantric. And Heathen does that like when she uh, has a surprise or a secret for someone. She can't keep it to herself. She basically gives it away and almost ruins the moment. Just be like, look, I got you a gift. I can't wait to tell you the gift. Here's a hint about the gift. Do you want to see it? Here's a little corner <laughs> of the gift. Do you know what that is? It's a gypsum oh, silk. It's, it's, it's part of... So excited. <laughs> you're like uh you're like you're like you you and Nora jones the dog fit well you know you're like that little dog gets so excited that you almost go into like a, a seizure so excited 
I like the way I am in this regard. You don't give a shit about anything. You show no, no emotion yeah, whatsoever. Because I think one of the it's not a bad. Well, it is a bad thing. I was going to say you wait one of the until worst the last day to get Christmas gifts. No, yeah, I don't that's do super that. fun. No, I used to go. I used to go when I was had money and expendable income, and I got this from my mom because my mom goes like Christmas shopping year round, or she'll just take note of things and be like, oh, I saw so and so, and that would actually be a cool surprise because, you know. I, as a, as a teenager, I might look at something in March, like a jacket or a shirt, and then totally forgotten about it by December. And then I open it up, and I was like, oh, wow. I, I remember this now. i totally forgotten it. Anyway, uh, what I was going to say is it's I, – I get I get this way by movies, but you can get this from other things. When people keep telling you how great something is constantly and then you get it, there's no way it's ever going to live up to someone telling you a thousand times it's great. That could be movies. It could be uh, a restaurant someone told you about or food. It could be a, a vacation destination. So I try to avoid like all that hyperbole of this is fantastic, this is fantastic, this is fantastic, and it might be really good. And then, But you're like, wow, I was expecting to get like a rooster that laid golden eggs and had silky Angelina Jolie lips that could give blowjobs and made sandwiches. Um, let's see. What else was I going to talk about on that? So that was sort of the, the, the darker side. You're generally, um, you're as, as we've heard, you're very pro-Christmas. What is What are some of the things... So we're going away from the darker side. What are some of the things that um, maybe one or two of the things that that appeal to you most about this season? Like, what is it about Christmas? Is Christmas your favorite holiday, Exclu- no. excluding your birthday? I I like the Christmas lights. The lights. I wouldn't say it's my favorite holiday. Really? No. Sure seems like. What's your favorite holiday? Um. I think I like Cinco de Mayo because nothing really bad has ever happened on Cinco de Mayo. You don't really watch two Cinco de Mayo movies every day for a month in May. No, I just really like the feeling of Christmas. People generally tend to be nicer to each other, although you don't see it very much anymore. I just remember as a kid, so many things going on around Christmas time that made me happy. Well, you, you do. I agree. You do see a lot of people be nicer and it's somewhat infectious, even... Oh, that was me this time. Even even people that uh, are I'm, somewhat negative Nellies like me, it's hard. I'm kind of bummed that we haven't put our Christmas lights up and it's already the 10th because mm-hmm. I really just like to stare at the lights. But this year, I would like to definitely make sure that we go and look at the Christmas lights, possibly on Christmas Eve. One thing that I used to do is go sing karaoke on Christmas Eve, my Christmas songs that I haven't done in a long time. I was thinking that might be something we should try to uh, schedule into the Santa Crawl at some point. I, I don't know if any place will be doing karaoke. I don't think Why so. do you hate every idea that I do? You just said you like to do karaoke during Christmas, and then I say let's do karaoke during On the Santa, Santa Crawl? Why not? Yeah, that's going to be right, fantastic. All right, whatever. You're such a well, poop. It's not your... Tradition, it's mine. So there's no. It's need your to tradition mine. to not sing karaoke on Santa Claus. I don't change your traditions. How am I changing your tradition? I just told you it's my tradition to go and sing karaoke, generally on Christmas Eve, the Christmas songs. And you're like, oh, let's go do this on the Santa Claus when nobody's listening. Okay, yeah, whatever you want to do. Okay, I'm not. I'm totally not following your logic at all. But maybe that's just me. 
Uh, Matt and I talked about this on the podcast. I don't remember if you're here here or not, or maybe I just tuned you out. Um, Do you remember as a kid... um, the, the finding out about Santa Claus or wanting to believe in it or whatever in this in this movie the kid he wants to believe he's a little bit maybe too old to believe in Santa but he really still wants to believe he's the Fox Mulder of Christmas he wants to believe in Santa so what do you think about that and how does that relate to you or even just to the child's point of view in innocence like this kid had a had a great view of the world compared to his family around him Maybe other than grandma, who had maybe darker views because of her upbringing, but his whole family around him, other than maybe his sister, was just uh, uh, jaded and out of touch with each other. They had lost the compassion. I want, you know, you know what I'm trying to say a little bit. Where the kid was just like, "This is family. This is what it's about. It doesn't matter about who's a redneck and who's got a good life and and this and that. We, we, you've got one family and." You're asking a bunch of questions. So which one are I'm, you wanting? It's all to... one thing. It's a child's point of view, and it's two things. It's uh, about Christmas or people. It's about Santa, and it's about losing your innocence. It's the same thing. They're kind of. I mean, jump in on whatever top, whichever part of that train that you want to. I don't tackle. remember when I found out about Santa. I want to say I'm pretty sure it was somebody at school. That's um, usually what happens. Here's another spoiler. If you don't want to hear the spoiler, when I talk about find out about Santa, uh, Santa Claus uh, kind of isn't real. So anyway, go ahead, Heathen. Never mind. Go ahead. Whatever you're. That's the Heathen I'm used to, and everyone knows and loves, as far as I've heard. No, I just get really tired of being interrupted all the okay, time. Okay, well, continue. We're waiting. I just started a a. Never mind. Come on. All right. Well, people are used to that. So, uh, let's see. I already talked about, as far as for me, is that at least from the Santa perspective, is I was the the I want to believe. So, even when there was all the uh, facts and um, the clues about Santa not being real, that... I rationalized it in my head, like, well, you know, as I said, Santa can't be everywhere. So those are Santa's helpers, like helping do do everything. I remember in kindergarten, uh, laying on the floor, and a Santa Claus came to our classroom, and I could see up into his wig, like his dark hair. And I was like, that's not Santa. Uh, but I really, and I remember my brother always trying to tell me that Santa wasn't real because he was a jerk like that. And I was just like, I don't care. I think Santa's real. You know, there's a certain kind of magic that um, kids can rationalize anything, and in a good way, and I think it's part of, of being a kid and surviving in the world is being able to uh, adapt physically and, and mentally in that way. The last thing I was going to talk about, um, and it was, I, I would say most of the theme of this movie was, as I talked about family, the important things, finding what you have in common other than what you have that's different learning to appreciate each other even though you're different we saw that a little bit earlier on with uh, as i said with adam scott and uh, david keckner um but there was a little bit in the movie of the be careful what you wish for kind of thing and we we see that in a lot of these dark fantasy or or wish movies as i as i talked about earlier with big and um 
and issues like that. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, right, Heaven, that there's certain things we wish we had, and once we got them, we're like, well, this isn't exactly what I wanted, or maybe I shouldn't have got this. Like, you tried hard to get something, and then you're like, oh. Usually, to me, it's the sacrifice to get what you wanted, and then it wasn't exactly... It wasn't that one magical item that's going to make everything happy. It usually isn't. Like, the grass is greener. Like, if I could only get that car if i could only get that job everything will be perfect and then you know there's always another set of responsibilities i suppose all right he then is there anything else you want to talk about christmas or saki or krampus or the movie that we didn't cover before we go into your rank no do you want to get your computer fired up Man, I wish this was a video podcast so we could see the enthusiasm radiating like the Holy Spirit of Christmas. I think you just like to hear yourself talk. (laughs) Coming out of heathen's face. All right, let's go into the ranks. I asked heathen since she loves Christmas, and you can tell in the tone of her voice how happy she is about it. I asked her to rank her top. Don't ask me a question if you won't let me answer it. That's all. You could answer it. I just asked you just now, is there anything you wanted to cover? Shaking your head is not good, Radio Heathen. We will go into the ranks. I asked Heathen to um, to rank her top five Christmas songs, and preferably like the variation. As you know, a lot of these Christmas songs, like Rudolph or something like that, has been sung by 900 different people. And... Uh, I've asked Heathen to uh, to list hers, and she's going to play us a, a, a short snippet. I'm going to try. Try to make it short or try to play a snippet? Both. Okay. You're going to start at one or five? Five. Okay. So here is number five, and they might have little commercials like this one. So one moment, please. I don't know about this dress. Really? What about this one? Are you going to introduce this one? Oh, I was going to let it play for a minute. Oh, okay. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree. And this is the version that I like mm-hmm. by uh, Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt, mm-hmm. Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. That is one song that I like to sing on karaoke for Christmas. That's number five. Yeah, she's kind of a uh, a uh, materialistic person in that song. What did she just? She wants like a boat and she a diamond wants a ring. Check. Right, she wants a diamond ring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the kind of uh, message that I like to hear on Christmas, but this is Heathen's List number four. That was number five, right? That was number five. Does it have the year of that song? 1946, I think. That first one? Okay. Okay. Do you know who this is by? This is Wham. Yeah. Last Christmas I gave you a fart. Stop it. What, right? No. Last Christmas I gave you my heart. Someone special. Last 
That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of messed up when someone gives you a gift and then they take it back. I've seen relationships do that. I just love this song. I always, it's one song that I really look forward to listening to every year. Yeah, it's got a nice 80s vibe to that. What's that song? Probably around 80, uh... Four, five, six. I don't know. You probably don't know this one, but I do sing it a lot, so you might know this one. Hmm. When I find Yogi, I'm bashful, coy, I'm timid. I can't help acting shy. What's her name? Cindy Bear. Oh, yeah, Cindy Bear. It's the mistletoe song. Out of all the cartoon characters that were female, um, Cindy Bear wasn't that sexy. She's a bear. No, but I know, but like, um... There, there's some a- cartoon animals that are... So what year is that one? That's probably late 70s? No, I think this is like the 80s. Early 80s. Hanna-Barbera. It's also one of my favorite Christmas movies. Hey, did you sing that one during uh, karaoke? No, they don't have it on karaoke. Yeah, you got to bring your own karaoke. This one I would love to sing karaoke, but they don't have it generally either. Karaoke chicken. This one is number two. Number two. By Rosemary Clooney. Hmm. Is it from White Christmas? Yes. Hmm. The Anticipation. It's making me t- one moment, please. So are you going to watch White Christmas this year? Of course. Do you have a day picked out or just when you have a hole in your schedule? Whoops. White Christmas, that that song would be, in, um, even though it's like a classic and overplayed, it would be in like my top five Christmas songs, I think. That's as loud as I can get the microphone. Okay, so that's your number two. Yes. It's Love, You Didn't Do Right By Me. Mm. Just send me a Joe who had winter and snow in his heart. All right. You know. I love it. And this is number one. Hmm. Oh. My friend just posted this on her Facebook. My grandma really liked this song, actually. My, gra- my favorite. One of my one of my grandmas that I liked. My Gala Peavy. I have no idea. This song's got to be pretty old. I'm guessing. It's black and white. This is one that I love to sing on karaoke. Is this uh, is this showing the person singing? I'm just asking. I was wondering if it was actually. It's the easy thing to do. Okay, we got it. All right. <laughs> so that's Heathens' top five Christmas songs. You can always get to us on the potable line and let us know some of your favorite songs or songs that you don't like. I know Heath and I do actually agree on one thing, and we do have a song that we both dislike for Christmas. It's probably my least favorite Christmas song, and it's the uh, Paul McCartney um, song. I don't 
it. It's the one where they go, do they know it's Christmas time at all? Feed the world, right? Okay, anyway. So, yeah, that, that song I think is awful. I, as I said, I, I, for the most part, am pretty, pretty traditional in most of the songs I like. Working in retail, uh, besides being bitter about Christmas early on, as is, is a lot of people, especially guys, get jaded about stuff early on. I'm starting to get into Christmas again, but working those years in retail and having to hear the same songs uh, over and over and over, even the good ones, like I'm not a big Michael Buble song, but he does some good holiday classics, but Jesus, there's only so many times you can hear Michael Buble croon out the classics in a day for months at a time. Did uh, you like my ranks? Yes, I, I uh, you know, I don't really know. Um, it's fine with me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I really hate you. I know you do. It's lovely. So anyway, if you want to see pictures from this episode, and uh, we could put links to those songs on the page, but everyone knows those songs, so I don't really need to do that. Maybe we'll put up a link to uh, that uh, Yogi Christmas thing for people to check out. Uh, as I said, if you want to leave us a message, we do have a 24-hour recorded hotline, 775. Oh, wait, I haven't gotten a last call yet. Let's do that. Last call. Looking at the world from the bottom of a glass. All I see is a man who's fading Last call. As I was saying, uh, 775-996-3986. Go to our website, potablepictureshow.com. Check us out there. Uh, look for the movie group on Facebook, the 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 podcast page on Facebook, uh, at Potable Pictures on Twitter. No one ever Skypes us, so I stopped talking about. It. I don't even remember what the Skype line is. Guys were assholes. Next <laughs> next week, everyone always comes and like gives me comments and asks questions and tells me things like, "I wish Heather would not do this, and I wish Matt would not do that, and I wish you would keep up the good work." And then I was like, "Can you please call in and say that on the?" On the recorded what line. People need to, t- you need to tell me what they say. You know? And then that's what they say. They say, you could just tell them. I said, they need to hear it from someone else. They need to hear from someone else what a great job I'm doing. <laughs> and then next week. <laughs> I think they need to give you some constructive criticism too. They need to give you. Because you really need to stop interrupting your counterpart. And what are you doing right now? I'm trying to give you a taste trying, your own medicine. I'm trying to salvage a massive avalanche. I'm like the St. Bernard with a barrel of rum around my neck. Really? I may not be able to pull everyone out of the snow, but at least I'll numb the pain. Uh, so next week, <laughs> nice head roll and eye shake. <laughs> Heathen, this is super annoying. I'm going to hit a baby before we go. Yeah, that's fine to hit this baby. Mm. Right from the bottle. That's gross. Don't mind if I do. Heathen, uh, by the way, you probably won't be hearing, um, anyway. What? I was going to say probably won't be hearing Manila Mike on the show because he moved away, but you probably weren't going to hear him again anyway. (laughs) (laughs) No one even knows who he is. Look for our least ranked show, and that's the one that he's on. Um, Oh, yeah. Next week, Heathen is hosting Brooklyn, and uh, if you want to keep up with the podcast, uh, that should be... I think a good movie for the Christmas season, too, because it deals with homesickness. And I think that's another interesting topic of the holidays is being away from family and not knowing anyone and, and the how your 
holiday traditions that you're used to, how those change when you're alone. Not that that movie's about holidays at all. It's just about homesickness, and I think homesickness is an interesting topic. I do not believe I have anything else to discuss. Do you want to try one more time on that secret word, heathen? Happy? No, it's kind of the opposite of that a little bit. Sad? That is the exact opposite. <laughs> it's not kind of the opposite. Well, till next week, everybody. Uh, keep working on that secret word. And hopefully we get it at some point. Go see Brooklyn. Go see Krampus. Don't be a bad little bitch or a bad little bitchette. Is that what you call a lady <laughs> bitch? Uh, I think you just called both of them girls anyway. Mm-hmm. Don't Next be a bad woman's <laughs> bastard. Don't be a little fucking cunt, you dick. All right, till next week, keep it wet. Throw me a burrito. Hey, look outside. It's nice. Yeah.